0: Welcome to the Mike Hewitt Show. Ten years and growing. It's about family, business, work, and politics, like you've never heard it before. Yep, it's true. There's more than just a touch of wry humor mixed in. And now your host, Mike Hewitt. Folks, I am Mike Hewitt. Co-hosts
1: Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedemdorski. I got to dive right in, everybody. I'm this. This is one of those topics I genuinely don't understand. I bring it up once in a while, but it just keeps percolating. So I'm reading a headline, video shows Texas Capitol's crown jewel trail trashed by hidden homeless camps, completely destroyed. It goes on and on and on about how it's completely destroyed with folks living everywhere. And that caused me to do not a deep dive, but a cursory review. Let's call it a snapshot of where we are. Um, 582,462 total homeless in the United States. That's a half a million people. That's north of a half a million people that are not like in they're not living in halfway houses, they're not living in families bedrooms, families basements. They're they're literally on the street. That's a huge chunk of people in my opinion and by the way I think it's significantly more than that. I read on 160, 160 61,000, 160-some-thousand just in California uh, and north of 100,000 just in New York. Uh, Crazy math. And the reason I'm wanting to start the show with this topic is because when folks like the three of us start talking about the things that are wrong, And saying we need to fix these things. And I started doing a deep dive on the things we're talking about fixing. And almost every single incident, it's in a big, gigantic blue city. That's where I'm going with this. All of this homeless stuff, all of it, not like some of it or most of it, all of it is in big city United States of America. Every single bit of it. And I listen to the left, and they want the United States in total to adopt the policies of big city America. Miles, you live in a big city. I got to go to you, reel me in. Why in the world would, would I, I got ducks across the street from my house and chickens, why in the world would I want to adopt, adopt the policies of Chicago,
2: Illinois? Why would I want that, Miles Bauer? No, we, as we've said many times on the show, we have a serious mental health problem here in this country. We have a serious drug rehab problem in, in this country. And for whatever reason, the blue cities, they choose not to address either of those. I, I listen, I'm stumped and you're the educator. So I'm, I wanna take
1: this to you and you can, I see you're all excited about something you found, but here's what I'm trying to get. And I wanna go to you cause you are an educator Fifty-four percent. You guys, everybody's heard me rant on about this particular issue. Fifty-four percent of the adults in the United States of America, of America read at sixth grade or lower reading comprehension levels. Sixth grade or lower. More than half. More than half of the adult population. Lud, I, I don't understand, Lud. When when a when a Democrat. Even, by the way, the ones that I disagree with, but that are good people, I don't know how they look around right now and say, hey, no, we got a handle on this. Close your eyes to the rioting and the burning and the the rape and the murders and the we hate cops and the defund everybody. Don't look at education because we got control of that. Folks, Lud, reel me in. This stuff has got me twisted up this week. Help me out.
0: Well, and one one thing I want to point out with the homeless uh, population too is uh, veterans seem to... brought up a lot and so veteran homelessness is about point zero zero two percent of the total veterans in the United States right but in the homeless population it makes up about seven percent right first of all I don't think there should ever be a homeless veteran
1: I don't think there should be I don't think there should be a homeless American
0: no I agree Okay. I agree. But so, somebody who put their life on the line for the country I agree with should that. absolutely be a priority.
1: I absolutely agree with that. But, but I don't do priority citizenship. I'm sorry. I don't believe in special rights. I don't believe in special benefits.
0: But at least I don't think that
1: and that's why and I don't believe most soldiers, most members of the armed services, I do not believe fought to have special rights. No, no.
0: And I it's not about for me it's not special. I think it's part of when you signed up. It should be included like you're set. <laughs> For life like this is part of the agreement like you're gonna you're gonna fight for the country and lay your life on the line we're gonna make sure you have a house something like that but uh a, a
1: place to live
0: a place to live yes but
1: that should be true for everybody listen most of the folks on the street are mentally
0: just, ill are mentally ill yeah it's not even about they just lost everything and they have nowhere to go most of them are mentally ill i would say but, it's probably 80 plus percent of it
1: but listen when you drive into the numbers um, and I did, folks, you're looking at a huge population of people that are 14 to 24 years old, that 10-year window, that are not armed services, to your point, uh-huh. they're not veterans. The overwhelming majority of them are folks that were harmed, beaten, sexually molested, et cetera, in their home. So they're not mentally ill. They're avoiding whatever their drama was. What, and, folks, I'm, I'm telling you again, I'm tying this to big city America, and I'm not being naive. I get that there's mental health issues from shore to shore. I understand that. What I don't get is two things. First off, why the the Democrats want to advocate for policies that caused it, and they want to embrace the policies that create this hot mess, and nobody wants to do anything about education. Nobody looks at the mental health industry, which I bring up about once a month. I'm sorry. It's a crisis so in America. we when you
0: get back to education, so no. my first semester ever teaching, um, I, I liked, as a student, writing papers over tests. Because a test you can memorize, it doesn't mean you learned anything.
1: Right. Where,
0: where, If I could write a paper and explain a situation or promote a product, or whatever the class was, it actually shows you learn something. Because that's what the real world is. You're going to present an idea in a presentation or, pro- or a paper. Yep. So my first class, I thought, okay, I'm not doing a final. I'm going to do a paper. I got through two of them. It took me 25 minutes to get through two of them and darn near a full red pen. I'm not an English professor. No, I, I got my MBA. I wrote a thesis. I did all those things. So I we, had
1: to... We've noticed that. <laughs>
0: I, but I'm like, oh, my God. This is awful. I ended up just saying, forget it, and just gave everybody points. Uh, honestly, I'll be honest about you it. You
1: give them a participation award?
0: Pretty much, because <laughs> I thought this will take me six days, and nobody will pass this thing. Not because they didn't know what they were talking about, but because the grammar and the writing was so bad, Yeah, and half my class right. was over 30. Right. So it, it was pretty incredible to me. I'm like, oh my gosh. And the further I've gotten into teaching, the less and less people have reading comprehension right they can read the words they can spell the words tell me tell me the,
1: the, tell me the age what you just said again the further what did you say about comprehension
0: the further i've got into teaching i see the the more years i've got into it i've realized the comprehension has gotten worse
1: so they'll see a word might be able to pronounce it or read it but don't have a clue what don't it means. know what it
0: means have no clue and don't know how to put them together to make something that makes sense it's a lot right. of filler words
1: why do you think that is
0: uh, it's got, it's education. I mean, it's obviously the lower levels, you're the, it's, you're it's K, K through twelve. You're
1: t- K twelve. Yeah. So now, Miles, you've got a master's degree, correct? Yep. Remind us, you've got. Let me see. Mathematics, computer science, and business. Is that correct? Correct. Now, when you when you walked through that path in academia, I think at least for the master's, you were a full blown adult. But, right. But but uh, and and the reason I'm wanting to drag you back into this on the education side. And we're down to a minute for this before break, but as I recall it, there was a separation between your four-year degree and then inevitably going back for your master's. So what I'm getting at with the question before we go to a break is, did you notice a difference in classrooms teaching or or your peers in the classroom in terms of their academic achievement level, reading comprehension, etc., at your master's education level versus the first four years? I don't know if I'm asking that kind of clumsy, but you know what I mean.
2: Yeah. No, so um when I went back for my master's, it was predominantly people that had been working at least 10 years. So professionals. Those yeah. folks, we're, we've narrowed down
1: the crowd from the folks that can't read and write above sixth grade.
0: To the- I, I would tell you, though, now most kids are going right into their master's program because you need it. You you actually most professional careers you have to go in to get the credits. That's
1: because they keep watering down what an education means. Yeah. So you got to keep adding more. Folks, listen, this is a big topic, but we got a lot of other things we've got to dive into. We've got to go to a break, but we will be right back. All right. Before we move on to this big gigantic pool of topics, I got round us up. What were you telling us on break, Ludwig?
0: So I would I went through seventh, started seventh grade in Virginia Beach. Vir, yeah. And our education was so much different than here. When I moved to Michigan, I was nearly two grades ahead. And so it was a by then those states had their own education right. You right. did different things different states. And one of the big things I remember in English class, and I actually loved it was we said diagram sentences. Right. And you had to draw a straight line, and then you had your noun, your adjectives down, sure. and your bur- verbs, and then your conjunctive words, you know, your ands and ors, and then another diagram. Y-
1: you had to know how to actually construct a sentence. Yes.
0: Yes. And through my kids' education, they never once have done that. See, now, when I moved up. here, the kids I went to school with had never done that.
1: Right. Now, Miles, when you were in school, because um, you're a couple years younger than me, would you say your education – in in the early grades of K through twelve. Was it similar to what Ludwig just described? Meaning you had constructed sentences and all of that? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean now me, I remember being in fifth and sixth grade doing similes and metaphors, knowing how to construct a sentence, and that was at a, a parochial school. Yeah. And then in the seventh grade I went back to public school. I went to public school and I was roughly three years academically three years ahead of what was going on. And, and listen, I'm not looking for a, uh, you know, someone to tag me out on this, but I, by the time I got to high school, I was terrible at academia because the two the the two paths were so dramatically different, I rejected it all. Well,
0: and by the time you had to actually start learning again, you'd already taken a couple years off because I remember that when I got here, I'd sit in a math class and draw, and they'd be like, what's the answer? Like four. I did this three years ago. And by the time I had to go into algebra, I got an F the first semester. I've never failed anything. I used to be straight A's, and I am like, F, what is this? I didn't know how to do algebra because I didn't do transitional math. Yeah,
1: that doesn't stand for fine and outstanding.
0: That's what I thought. I, I kept trying to get them then. All
1: right, let's change gears, gentlemen. FBI willing to allow all House Oversight Committee members to view the Biden document alleging criminal scheme, according to a source. That's an article from Fox News. And my comment here is, while big of them, let me preface it, folks, I absolutely have zero use for the alphabet soup club we call our federal government in in items like the FBI. To me, it it isn't possible for it to be anything but a political arm, and I would submit to you when the folks say, oh, but it used to be better. Tell me when. Back when the cross-dresser was putting elected presidents in checkmate? And it's never been anything but a bureaucratic Cheka. Look that up, Cheka. It is a political police. And that's what we're witnessing. And folks, I get there's going to be some people looking at the radio right now going, did he really just say that? I did. I have never seen, I'm 62, I have never seen an example of a professional federal level police department that makes sense here in the United States or anywhere it's ever been tried, especially let's look in Mexico. Who, by the way, theirs isn't any different than ours. It is a political police. So, Miles, I'm looking to you. This is kind of down your alley, and in, in, in fact, Ludwig was lecturing me before we went on the air on this topic. Yeah, you were. Don't give me that look. When I look at this, and you can, you can. I want to start with you, Miles, because you're going to see it differently than Ludwig. So the article title title goes on the subtitle. House Oversight Committee Chairman James corner, accepted the FBI offer, and canceled the Thursday contempt of Congress hearing. And, and of course, my sub was, like I said, wow, big of them. But then I remember how the FBI handled the Trump circumstance during when, when the Democrats held the House. And the FBI could do no wrong. They were all geniuses. They were interviewed over and over and over and over on, on as much airtime, to news time, radio time as they could get.
2: Miles, is there a difference between what's going on then and now? No, no. They they only allowed them to see that uh, document because um, Ray was trying to avoid the contempt of uh, Congress charge. But they have been slow walking this. They have they, they have, and
1: I agree with that part. Where I differ with you, maybe is that back during the Trump era, when when Nancy Pelosi was trying to hang him high, uh, there was leaks galore. Everywhere yep. we talked about on this show, week after week after week, there was another leak, another leak, another leak. And almost all the leaks were nonsense, by the way. Absolutely poppycock. So they've got a big, gigantic 24-page you know, dossier on them. And they'll leak out one sentence that drove their narrative. And it was done on purpose, and it was done with collusion between Nancy Pelosi's little regime and the FBI leadership. We're not seeing that now because they're protecting Biden. Uh, folks, this, are, this is exactly the stinky hot mess that caused our founding fathers to not think that <laughs> federal police was a good idea. That's why there weren't any.
0: Don't we have, Come on. U- don't we have U.S. Marshals so that we can do Inner
1: but that wasn't their... Co- co- interstate. Interstate was the purpose of them. Y- yeah. And by the way, there was great debate with founders over
0: that concept. I'm in defense of that. I get so it. So we're clear. So I- I get if it. we already have that, then why did we need the FBI?
1: Because we needed a political arm. There you go. That's what I That's what we needed. That's like people calling for... Sp- for. Th- th- it's the same kind of thinking when you hear people calling for special rights Wait a minute! I thought you wanted equal rights. I thought you wanted equal tolerances. When the Constitution specifically gives you equal rights under the law, and when they, then you call for special rights because you got your political hat on and not your honesty hat, yep. isn't that what that's about? So, Miles, when I tell you that they were leaking on purpose, and now they're not leaking, am I all wet with that? And it's okay if I'm wrong. Tell me.
2: No, 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 you're you're uh, right. no, they're just they they are just attempting to run out the clock. I mean, it's the same is true with the the hunter Biden scenario. he's they, it it's getting close to running out of the statutes of limitations on that to where it would be moot to go after hunter
1: personal alleging Biden criminal bribery scheme is a highly credible FBI source used since Obama administration. So the accuser alleges that Biden involved in a $5 million bribery scheme with a foreign nation. And the FBI thinks we don't need to know about this. They (laughs) handle the allegations differently now than they did with Trump. That's how I'm seeing this. They
0: even try to throw uh, former A.G. Barr under the bus that's saying that he stopped in 2020, the right. investigation of the Biden's embark quickly counts in. No, I didn't. Yeah.
1: But he, he, no, that did not happen. And listen, folks, you got to understand, please understand, I'm not trying to play a us or them. I'm really not. I want equal under the law. Yeah. Whatever that means, I might like it sometimes, I might not like it sometimes, but I want equality under the law. So if these are the steps that you have to go through for Trump, because that's what the law says, not what the FBI says. That's what the law says. And if Congress has these elements that they can take a hold of, then that's what I want to have happen. Do we have it, but, but I want the exact same thing to happen with Biden or any other sitting president or any other elected official that's been rightfully accused of wrongdoing. There has to be a process. Without process, you have a third-world kangaroo country that's what you got but well, do we have nothing a- against kangaroos by the way <laughs> Go, ahead.
0: do we have a two-tiered or 2 tier caste system in justice system? we have
1: at least that yeah. i've said all along even if you go to we're down to a minute before a break but even if you're just a regular citizen and you're in court you're there i don't care if it's civil or prosecutorial if you're on the lower edge of income you're going to notice a decidedly difference between how you're treated and how the the local big person, money-wise, is doing. It's very much a classism, European classism-driven culture within our judiciary. Don't fool yourself into thinking it's something different. So we're told over and over that our, our judiciary is racist. Not, I, listen, there may be racism within it, I'm not even taking a position on that, but it is absolutely steeped in classism, uh-huh. which is every bit as ugly as racism. And our Constitution provides us to, a path to be better than that. We've got to make that choice. That's, that's truly how I see it. Listen, folks, we've got a lot more, but we've got to go to a break. Please stay with us. We will be right back. Folks, if you're just tuning in, I am Mike Hewitt, co-hosts Miles Bauer and a Ludwig von <laughs> Wiedemdorski, and we are broadcasting from our flagship station in beautiful Holland, Michigan, right on the shores of Lake Michigan, WHTC Holland, 1450 AM 99.7 FM, and we're carried across a number of states. We feel very blessed. Welcome, everybody, to the show. Thank you for joining us. Um, Miles, you and I are old enough. Ludwig is a kid. He doesn't know it yet. But let's change gears because you and I will both remember this, my comparison that I'm accidentally making. Cuba to host a secret Chinese spy base focusing on U.S. So Beijing agrees to pay Havana several billion dollars for eavesdropping facility. Um, Do you think that uh, Biden will handle this circumstances as uh, JFK did? No, no. Oh my. Even Lud was shaking his head. No, I, I listen. I, I, folks, we're in a different universe now than we were three years ago, two years ago. We really are. We can argue about whether it's ESG or fringe left, fringe right. We can, we. But but one thing is for certain: whatever your politics is, you've got to pause and say, is something really different? And I would submit to you that we're on a very, very different path than we've been maybe forever but certainly in a very long time miles what
2: say you on that oh yeah um for whatever reason we have folks that are sympathetic to china because it goes goes back at least to when you and i first started arguing about cars coming from japan as a co- as opposed to coming from michigan right and you know, over over time, they've they've gradually moved some of our industries over there to to China, um, to the point where now our supply chain is in question. Our uh, therapeutics are in, are in question. Uh,
0: Technology. Technology, but, but
1: but listen, I don't think this stuff is happenstance. I don't have a tinfoil head. I'm not a, you know, uh, running around with the, with the latest uh, conspiracy theory. But, folks, if you don't think that these things, because they're huge steps, they're not little glances here and you know, happenstances, th- these are monumental things. And, Miles, when you say some of our industry has went through, if you look at the percentage of of the United States citizens that were working in production industries when you and I left high school compared to now, it's shocking. We, we used to have a textile industry. It's gone. Yeah. Our, our auto industry is almost gone. To your point, Ludd, a significant portion of some of the critical parts of our technological industry, we're not fighting over it. It's gone. It's just gone. I submit to you, that I believe this is under a greater plan of globalization. Uh-huh. And and it's the old cliches. They can't get there without equalizing uh, the, the, the worth of the world. And so then they, they're posed with a great deal. Do we, do we raise up the world or do we lower the United States? Which is easier? And when you start looking at the numbers of people that think that we're on the wrong path now, it's 70, high 70s, 80% of people that are polling over and over that think we're on the wrong path. And the reason I bring that part of it up is, folks, this isn't partisan. The stuff we're talking about today, it isn't partisanship. It's about Americanism, us as a sovereign union of states. So when you start hearing numbers that are approaching 80% that think we're wrong track, that tells you a large swath of both the left and the right are in agreement something is wrong. 54%. Can't read at sixth grade level. Something is wrong. We're supposed to be the greatest nation in the history of the world. Half of us can't read at 50... you got to back into this and go, wait a minute. We're surrendering our industry. We've surrendered education. We've surrendered big city America. What's left?
0: So I I find it kind of comical that there's even a worry about one of these coming to Cuba because... They're buying up our farms. They, our own governor in Michigan has invited them to build a bi- battery plant, which will not be fully staffed by people in Big Rapids, and has a communist party that regime that has to be set up and communicated throughout the community within the company's bylaws.
1: That's that's in Macosser County. And, and it's largely being funded with U.S. taxpayer dollars, yeah. not just the folks in Macosta County or the state of Michigan, folks. So if you're in if you're in Kentucky or Arkansas or Alaska, listening right now, we're talking about your money supporting communist China in Macosta, Michigan. And we think that's, Get your head around that. And
0: we think that's not a secret spy place on us.
1: But the difference is they can't set up a big monstrous obvious. Like they can ninety miles off our floor. They flew floor. a
0: balloon right over our country. I
1: I'm not, I don't really know why they need a base. I'm not I'm, <laughs> not I'm not I'm not debating it. Maybe this is just them putting a finger in your face. I have no idea.
0: Could be. It could be a test for Biden. What are you going to do? Are I'm you like, well? You know what not? he's
1: going to do. He's going to go get an ice cream cone and mispronounce a bag full of words.
0: And make sure he checks um, Hunter's bank account.
1: Wow, yeah, I, Miles, <laughs> you're always the logical one. Help me get through this.
2: No, it's, um, I think, um, and you, you uh, probably know this better than me, but for whatever reason, uh, this is somehow benefiting the wicked witch of the North. Oh, it- listen, she, she's running for national office. Let's, let's be honest
1: about this. I don't know whether she's campaigning for a cabinet position in the next regime, be it Biden or somebody else, or if she's actually setting herself for president. I have no idea. But is, there's no question anybody on the ground in the great state of Michigan in the political arena has to recognize the fact that she's setting herself up for a national campaign. She's not telling us, and I don't blame her for that, but there's no question about it. She is far fringe left, now playing to the center.
0: So I got a, I got a question on that, but I just want to also point out that don't forget Guantanamo Bay is in Cuba. So we're going to have a military installation of Chinese and the U.S. on this small island. We we
1: are, but listen, Cuba has always been Russia, so that's really not some new oddity. We've always been across the water, very small water, by the way. We've always been immediately close to our significant a- uh, adversary.
0: Then my question on the Whitmer statement: Who becomes governor? Does Gilchrist yes. just get elevated, or well, we?
1: But but we don't know when she's going to run. It's very likely that if this comes to pass, not what I plan, by the way. But what it appears likely that she's planning, she could continue on as governor while campaigning.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm saying I understand that. <clears> so she doesn't have to leave office. Her term wouldn't be over if she took a cabinet position or became president. And
1: then, and then Gilchrist would become the governor in that
0: circumstance. And then, does he pick a vice governor, or does the he, speaker of the house become? An I know. I, no,
1: I or, think he would. I think he would select a uh, um, a lieutenant governor, lieutenant governor who sorry. would be confirmed. <laughs> By the state senate. Okay. That's how most constitutions are set up, and I'm pretty sure that's how Michigan's is set up. Miles, before we run out of time, I got to take us to the next top because this is yours. Um, without Fox News, this is from Variety.com far left. Without Fox News, Tucker Carlson takes man cave rants to Twitter show uh, to smaller results, and then I had to I had to go look for the numbers. The smaller results were like. It it had like 80 million views. How do these folks water that down? He mentions UFOs, so they want to call him a tinfoil hat guy, even though their own bureaucracy is now talking about UFOs.
2: Does this stuff ever get war-weary to these people, Miles Bauer? You know, what I I think we are witnessing, Mike, is the transition from broadcast news to people are just going to start going to the Internet to specific podcasts and social media to uh, get get their news. I think and I've been in that transition. I, I, I think Fox News is a dinosaur
1: waiting to die. I think that's true of all of them. I entirely yeah. agree with you. And by the way, I think the same thing that you just said about broadcast news is part and parcel of what's happening with both the Democratic and Republican parties. The actual party structure itself they used to be the place, if you were a Democrat or a Republican, left or right, you'd get your information directly from your party. They, you'd go there and they'd, they'd tell you what was going on. That's really lost by the wayside because you're going to the internet and getting it from like-minded people. We can debate good or bad, but that fact is changing all of America and all of the world. Folks, stay with us. We'll be right back. mike hewitt here what's your guess would a majority vote for global socialism america's final beginning that's the title of a book i wrote in 2011. it tells the story of life in america after citizens voted to set aside our u.s constitution in preference to a global governance america no more it became known as an entity within the tri-state provinces a territory of the global socialist authority and life got hard quickly not a likely scenario? Let's think about it for a moment. Who would buy into a campaign selling the ideals of no more wars, everyone earns the same, is the same, and is protected by the same? Each year since the book was published, I ask the same question. If the vote was today, what percentage would vote in favor? Would it pass? It seems to get closer each year. My novel was set in the year 2029. Was it really just fiction? Find The Mike Hewitt Show on Spotify and Apple podcast you'll like it all right so i gotta ask you guys and y'all both of you probably roll your eyeballs at me but i'm doing writing and reading all of these topics of late on what the united nations is doing what their initiative their esg initiative is doing and by the way that that the concept of esg was really ramped up in 2004 but it was launched in 1972 These are not brand new topics. They're really dug in. They're highly funded, and they're set in every sovereign nation on the globe. And they're twisting culture as much, or maybe even more so, than they are politics. So, Lud, one of the debates that you and I often have, very respectfully, i got to add... Is the difference between and you, rep, you and I represent, by the way, a divide within grassroots on this, because you'll be talking about the process, the elected leadership, whosoever fault you want to, ha- wherever you want to hang the fault, whose hook do you want to hang it on, whereas me, I'm the other guy, and I'm always blaming it on the people. Sometimes you get pretty frustrated with me. But I look at what ESG is doing with companies like Budweiser, companies like Target, and by the way, folks, a really long list, including domestic automotive manufacturing. They are really driving this. If you work for the federal government, you are steeped in ESG wokeness right now. You could have a job that you think is totally unrelated to politics, and you're sitting through class after class after class of crazy fringe-left-far nonsense. And it is all part of ESG, which is the United Nations, which was devised in 1972 and ramped up financially in 2004. I look at these things and I'm going, holy smokes, when I wrote that book, I didn't exactly know how it would happen. But I I used some, I used some, I laugh at myself, some divining rods. I started at the end of the Civil War with things that I considered constitutional guarantees, And I tracked them on an Excel sheet, literally, to say, when do all these lines merge? And that put me at the year 2029. Well, here we are now in 2023, and I'm watching things. It feels like to me things are ramping up. Lud, because you and I always debate on the greater topic, I think the minor topic, what say you on this?
0: No, I, I do believe that a majority would vote against keeping the Constitution and joining a global socialism. Because they don't know.
1: You think it would pass? I do think it'd pass. No. You've been in the in the past. Last year when I brought it up, you've been you started out in the 30s six years ago, and you you were into the mid 40s last year. Yeah. And now you think it would pass?
0: Yeah, I think we're in the 55 to 60 percent. So that's pretty strong. I think the the really the strong part, the the biggest population that would hold us back are the f- Trumpers.
1: Trumpers. Yeah. Who represent, by the way folks, don't get mad at me, don't throw nothing at the radio, represent at least right now about 30%, according to every poll that I've ever seen. That's not me taking a position on his candidacy or anything else. That's just the polling. And anyone listens to the show knows that Miles and I probably agree entirely on the validity of polling. But cruiser. that's the math. The ah, cruiser. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, did we... No, you know? no, I,
0: yeah, I think so. And uh, there's obviously... That other 15, 10, 20% is going to be the people who are constitutionalists that don't necessarily identify as a trumper. But I do think it's at a point of passing because the younger generations outnumber. Millennials are the largest population of generations. And they
1: overwhelmingly, if you look at the polling, they overwhelmingly support globalization.
0: No, I just thought of this and I could be wrong. You probably are. No, I probably am.
1: Miles, what do you think the odds are he's wrong?
2: No, I I uh, think that they it it would pass. I mean, when when you look at the younger generations, they are much more willing to take on government control, they are. provided that they are, you know, comfortable.
1: We we, we watched that during COVID, and I gotta yeah. tell you, I gotta tell you folks. First off, let me and, and, and Lada, I'm gonna come back to you. I know you were on your way. But just to be specific with, with folks, the question that we're asking would pass is if it's on your ballot to set aside the United States Constitution and join the Global Socialist Authority, do you check yes or no? And Ludd, you you and Miles both are saying north of 50%. Yeah.
0: Do
1: you think it would pass if it were on the ballot? Yeah. And I do also. I thought that last year, by the way, but now I'm watching what they're doing with with ju- it's it's insidiary, it's, it's, it's flabbergasting. But really what turned my corner on this topic was how I watched folks react to government lockdowns with COVID. Yeah. Honest, I thought, holy smokes. If, Miles, if they would have asked you and I this back when we were having a Long Island iced tea together 30 years ago, I would have never, ever, ever thought that what they did with COVID would be accepted by the American population. Right. I would have been flabbergasted 30 years ago. Yeah, just I would have. So, Ludwig, we didn't mean to cut you off. Tell me what you were trying to say. So, I
0: just had heard last week, maybe it was this week, but I think it was last week, that a majority of millennials who voted Democrat are flipping to Republican. Right. And I'm like, oh, you mean they got careers they're paying taxes in? (laughs) Because I've seen it a lot. I had a goalie one time. He's 18. He was a huge Bernie supporter, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, about eight years later, I saw... Bernie Sanders, no way. Who would vote for that loon? And I called him, like, buddy, what's going on? He goes, I started my business, and I'm the taxes he wants to charge. And I'm like, I tried telling you this eight yeah. years ago.
1: People always vote their wallet, but we've had that conversation on the show lots. The old cliché from Winston Churchill about you know if you're if you're young and you're and you're not a liberal, you don't have no heart, and if you're not a conservative when you're older, you got no brain. That's a paraphrase, but,
0: but that could be that. what's if the millennial if they don't get on it. Yep. sooner than later and and you know we, we we heard trevor loudon speak before and he wrote a book how 2010 was the stopping point of this situation that the tea party stepped in took over and and beat this down
1: it did. Beat and, for, it back.
0: and beat it back but didn't stop it but slowed it down and, yep. and hopefully so there is a point where that if this doesn't take place sooner than later the millennials will be large enough that they may stop it
1: did I listen we're almost out of time so i got to change gears Did I last week mention, don't laugh at me, folks. Did last week, did I mention Lennon and McCartney? No. And I'm really excited to talk about this, and I think we ran out of time. Yeah. I know it was on the list. Uh, Miles, you are the computer scientist in the family, so I'm going to go to you first. So I'm flipping through TikTok a couple weeks ago. I shared it with you, Ludwig. Mm -hmm. And I'm flipping through TikTok. Uh, The show, by the way, has a lot of posts on TikTok. I know that's bad. We do. Um, John Lennon and Paul McCartney, a reunion. And it's not John and Paul singing, it's AI, it's it's artificial intelligence. Listen, you, Miles, you've known me since I was in 10th grade. I've I'm a lifelong Beatles fan. I couldn't tell the difference between John Lennon and Paul McCartney and this computer singing their voices. And now we're starting to see in the political arena, which is why I want to bring this up, So you've got MAGA.com and other organizations, and let me add this, on both sides of the divide, that are using AI to put words in people's mouth. So I watched a little skit with DeSantis, about a 25, 30-second skit, where he's talking about absolute nonsense. It's not him. It's it's artificial intelligence. Miles Bauer, are we at a dangerous time
2: with this, or should I just calm down and not react? No, this uh, goes back... um you might remember me saying this back. What was it? Five or six year years ago. It all comes down to who is slinging the code, right? And what is their agenda? Yep, I remember that. I remember that episode. You're a code slinger. Yeah. Um, I listen because I, because look, I can I can program my my uh, computer to be a Republican, or I can. Program my computer to to be a Democrat. I listen, folks. I got I got to stop us because we're
1: almost out of time. But I got to brag for a little bit. This is a big deal for us personally, because of our our following and like of this guy. Next week will be the Victor Davis Hanson show. He will be on top of the hour next week. It's a big deal for the show just because I've got Miles. I think you're. We're going to let you lead because you're the you're the huge Victor Davis Hanson fan. I right. want to ask his opinion on on ESG. Beyond that, Miles Bauer, you will lead with Victor Davis Hansen. I'm excited about it, folks. Please be safe, but thank you very, very much for joining us. In the meantime, find us on Spotify and Apple Podcast, and we'll see you next week.